Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. Self-control, because God won't control us. Key verses are Galatians 5, 23 through 25. Verse 23. In self-control against such there is no law, and those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And self-control in this means to be strong in a thing or masterful. In the New King James Version, the word for self-control is called temperance in the King James Version. And it's masterful as in to master a gluttonous appetite. Civilized society depends on individuals exercising self-control. It is a choice we make whether to control our behavior without external forces making us comply. We see this in the need for law enforcement because of people who choose to ignore the laws of their nation. Now, children often don't understand the need for rules and must be taught. When I encounter a teenager, for example, who doesn't want to follow the rules either at home or school, I invite them, once they become of age to drive, to try driving on the opposite side of the road from what all other drivers are doing and to let me know how it works out for them. But it doesn't end with teenagers. What about children in adult bodies who are on the road to destruction because they refuse to exercise self-control? And what brings someone to such stubborn, destructive behavior? I had only to remember my own teenage years and early adult years to find an answer. The devotion focus is self-control is ours because God isn't in the robot business. Now, sometimes I want God to do everything for me, and then other times I wish he would just leave me alone. God and his love for us will go to great lengths and supreme efforts to protect us from ourselves when it comes to a lack of self-control. The Bible has stories of people who did things their way, knowing the danger, and they always paid a price for that. Moreover, God makes it abundantly clear what behavior is acceptable and behavior that is destructive. And then he gives us the freedom. He gives everyone the freedom to choose. And this is because we are free moral beings. Evidence of this is when it comes to love. So let me ask you, do you want someone to love you because they must? Eh, Of course not. And it may be hard to understand, but there are people in this world who will manipulate others for their love. They use money, power, and influence. But what they gain, is it really love? Now, I know I've wandered a little off track here by trying to make a point of how and why God allows us freedom to choose to live for him, and all of this requires self-control. But what are we controlling when it comes to ourselves? Now, here we go. Before going through some examples of a lack of self-control, I want you to know I have struggled with each one of these we're about to cover. The first is money. I read online that twice as many people getting married during 2021 are in debt compared to 25 years ago. According to Business Insider, finances are often cited as a reason for divorce. And it's not just married people in trouble with out-of-control spending. 
several online sources, Forbes.com, for example, they cite financial woes for singles. So moving on, here's another area, eating or overeating to be exact. Obesity is a serious health issue. And this is an excerpt from the CDC's website, Adult Obesity. The U.S. obesity prevalence was 42% in 2017 and 18. Obesity-related conditions include heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, and certain types of cancer. These are among the leading causes of preventable premature death. And so a lack of self-control can destroy relationships, and overeating destroys health. What else then? I'm looking for a third point, and then I'll sum up the devotion. How does a lack of integrity fit into self-control? When thinking of self-control as mastery, does honesty have to be mastered? I know a lying tongue must be mastered, and there is not a soul on the earth who hasn't lied. Anyone who says that they have never lied, that's their second one. So, okay, here's a third issue. Sex. Self-control when it comes to sex. Let's just look at the self-control it takes to remain faithful within a marriage where sex is concerned. I don't know of anything more dreadful when it's discovered than marital infidelity. You know, adultery. It's not a fling or an affair. And it's the most selfish thing someone can do to their spouse. And not only that, it's devastating to the family when the truth comes out. But before condemning those who cheat on their spouses, did you know Jesus said, whoever looks on a woman to lust for her has committed adultery in his heart? But let him who is without that sin cast the first stone. And that's from John chapter 8, verse 7. And then Jesus tells us in Matthew seven thirteen and 14, there are two ways in life. Verse 13, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Verse 14, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. And I think that points right there to self-control or a lack thereof. In summary, having strong self-control may involve a process in order to develop it. Practice here is the key. Firm biblical knowledge and a commitment to implement that knowledge will ensure your effects at self-control in any area that you want to change for the better will have a greater chance of success. And so the action to consider is, get your courage up here, Christian. Take time this week and do an honest self-assessment, not for guilt or to condemn yourself, but to uncover at least one area you know you need to exercise self-control. And if need be, look up resources online that may help you get started, and then go and get started. Next week's devotion, Walking in the Spirit. What is this? You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.